Welcome into the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoop Ball and the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. I am your host, Amy Barling, and I am so happy that you have downloaded, streamed, and listened here to the podcast. Uh, we're grateful to be a part of your Sacramento Kings coverage. And of course, the Sacramento Kings win tonight on the second night of a back-to-back against Los Angeles, one of the best teams in the Western Conference. The Los Angeles Clippers, that is. And of course, they win in dominant fashion because, well... Why wouldn't they? Uh, Kings win tonight, 124 to 103 at the Staples Center against the Los Angeles Clippers. A lot of different storylines to talk about here, both on the court and off. Uh, Kings move to 17 and 30 now, following the victory. The Los Angeles Clippers, uh, 33 and 14. I am your host, Damian Barling. Check that. Uh, I gave you the data stats. It's 18 and 30 that the Sacramento Kings are 18 and 30. And the Los Angeles Clippers move to uh, 33 and 15. Uh, I'm your host, Damian Barling. Again, thank you so much for tuning in here to the Sacramento Kings podcast. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your Sacramento Kings coverage. Uh, and thank you so much for being patient during the little hiatus over the course of the last week. Uh, like many of you, um, uh, affected and frustrated and saddened and disheartened by the, the loss of Kobe Bryant. And uh, it was a difficult decision to post uh, the version of the podcast that you heard here, the last episode that you heard. It was a difficult decision uh, to post it here on this platform because I know uh, this isn't the daily podcast, right? This is this is Sacramento Kings, and we want Sacramento Kings coverage, and we want Sacramento Kings post game. But I knew that everybody was going to have a reaction, especially basketball fans, to the to the death of Kobe Bryant. And in, in, in full disclosure, Friday's show, uh, Friday's game against the Chicago Bulls, that was just a completely unintentional miss by my part. I, I had a meeting scheduled that ran excruciatingly late. But because it was an early game, I got home and thought, eh, it was good, no problem here. We'll get, get home and uh, just do a late, podcast that it, it'll lack the you know the fantastic sound from Luke Walton and I think that was the first game Buddy Heald had been you know coming off the bench and I kind of had it all laid out but then I wanted to make sure I saw the game before I did a post-game show on it and I realized I couldn't analyze it the same knowing the outcome and knowing how everybody performed I was looking at it completely different and I just thought oh well this isn't gonna work and then of course Sunday came and you know, full disclosure, I didn't see a single solitary second of the Minnesota game. Uh, I've read the cool stories that have come out of it. I saw all the highlights. Uh, I didn't really watch a lot of basketball over the course of the last couple of days. I've, I've watched um, pieces of some Celtics games. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I tried to dive back into it last night with the Oklahoma City Thunder game. And I thought, well, great, this is not a good way to get back into the podcast. They got blown out by Oklahoma City, and now they got to head to Los Angeles to take on the Clippers. And I was actually curious how this game was going to play out. Uh, I, obviously, I didn't know that Kawhi Leonard was was not going to play, uh, which he did not. Uh, lower back tightness for Kawhi. But I was curious how the fans at the Staples Center would be. It was... It was a very quiet crowd, and understandably so. It kind of felt like Los Angeles was just waiting for the game tomorrow. Uh, 
it, it felt like they were just waiting for the Lakers to play, uh, which they're going to do tomorrow night against Portland. Now, obviously, that doesn't that has no bearing in the way that the Los Angeles Clippers play. I'm just talking about the overall feel of the game. And the Sacramento Kings did a good job with if if the Clippers were the Clippers fans, excuse me, if they were going to get into the game, the Kings never really gave them a shot. They were pretty dominant in this game. Uh, I can't remember seeing the Kings play a game like this this season. Uh, now, again, there's a number of things that we got to talk about off the floor, particularly with Marvin Bagley and Rashawn Holmes, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, we'll also bring you Luke Walton's press conference uh, coming up here as well. Uh, but the Kings, you know, as the game started, I thought, man, it's it's a, it's good for the Kings that they're you know they were down thirty three to twenty eight after one, and it was like uh, that was that's a pretty good piece of business for the Kings because they really weren't playing well. What it was keeping them in the game was the six of nine shooting from three. That's what kept them in the game. That's what kept them only down by five when the amount of mistakes that they made, particularly on the defensive end, probably should have had them down by 12 or more. But with about nine minutes and 40 seconds or so left in the second quarter, the Kings took the lead. The Kings took the lead and they never relinquished it. Uh, they took that lead with about nine minutes left and their, their hot shooting continued. And by the end of the half, uh, it really didn't matter what they were doing defensively because they were shooting so well from behind the arc. The Kings were up 17 at the half. And you felt like as a Kings fan, well, maybe I know where this story goes. Like we've seen them get up a whole bunch of points and lose the lead. We see them go down by a whole bunch of points and come back and win. You know, I've we've joked, I've joked many times about the Kings season being Groundhog Day. This was not Groundhog's Day for the Sacramento Kings. This was something entirely different from them. And, you know, they were up 17 at the half, and I took a look at the box score, thinking, okay, what did, what really is the difference maker in this team, in, in this game? And it you didn't have to look any further than the three-point statistics. Kings were 15 of 25 from three uh, after the first half. 15 to 25. The Clippers were 5 of 12. That was the difference in three-point shooting in the first half. That was the difference in the game. Like, they were just, they the Kings were just dominant behind the line, which is absolutely incredible. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. Uh, Buddy Heald, off the bench, again, uh, plays well. 26 points, 7 of 14 shooting. Uh, 5 of 11 uh, from behind the three-point line. Uh, he had 19 points along with seven rebounds, but uh, the game belonged to De'Aaron Fox tonight. 14 to 24 from the field, uh, 34 points to go along with his four steals, his eight assists, and just overall uh, fantastic play. A double double from Dwayne Dedman. Uh, Nemanja Bialica got going a little bit later in the game. He had nine points along with his eight rebounds, but just a, a, a solid effort. Corey Joseph played really well, too. 16 points for Corey Joseph, and they were impactful. He was a big part of the separation. When the Kings started to separate from the Clippers a little bit, which is a really bizarre sentence to utter, 
you know, where we have, you know, 50 games into the season or whatever it is, 48 games into the season. That's a really bizarre sentence to utter, but it's, it's, it's what happened. Corey Joseph helped pull the Kings away. They, he helped create some separation here between the Kings and the Clippers. So uh, a, a great performance for those who care about plus minus categories or people who care about the plus minus category. Uh, Corey Joseph was plus 28 tonight. Just a phenomenal job on on both sides of the floor uh, for Corey Joseph, and really a, a a good solid effort. It wasn't, you know, I'm I'm I actually am, and I don't mean you know any sarcasm behind this remark. I'm interested to hear what Luke Walton says about this team, uh, about this game, because they 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 really did play well. It wasn't a complete 48 minutes. Because the fourth quarter, if you watched it, the fourth quarter was a disaster, and you were kind of just no, you couldn't have possibly have thought the three ball was going to fall the way that it did through the entire game. Which the way that it fell in the first quarter, which kept them down only five, is ultimately what led them to win by twenty one. But I mean, we've all we've seen enough games like this where it's like, okay, that was a hot. Oh, we're in trouble. Kings are in trouble. That was a hot shooting half. Or excuse me, that was a hot shooting quarter, and they're still down by five. Well, what got better for them was not just uh, the three-point shooting stayed consistent, but the field goal shooting uh, inside the three-point line, it got better. It got better uh, through the final three quarters of the game, and they got a little bit better defensively. Uh, they got a little bit better defensively. The, the Clippers didn't shoot terribly uh, from behind the arc, they just didn't get off the the sheer volume that the Sacramento Kings did. Clippers were 13 of 31 uh, to end the game. They were 13 of 31 for three. The Sacramento Kings were 21 and 41. That was the difference in the game. That's what it was all about for the Sacramento Kings tonight was their three-point shooting. And they won a number of other categories as a team. I don't want to take away from that at all. Uh, I think they, you know, they they had more steals. Uh, they had more assist. If I remember correctly, they had a ton more rebounds here. Yeah, 40 stay out, rebounded the Clippers 47 to 39. Uh, turned the ball over less. Like they did a lot of things right. Uh, they led by as many as 23. They wind up winning the game by 21. The Sacramento Kings now 18 and 30 as the season just rolls along here for the NBA, and for your Sacramento Kings. Uh, we'll get to Luke Walton's press conference here uh, in just a few moments. I do want to move on and touch on a couple of other things. I guess, really, oh, I mentioned this a moment ago. This is our first opportunity to talk since Buddy Heald has moved to the bench. And I was, I was interested in that move for a number of reasons. Uh, one, the timing of the move. You know, they were on a six-game losing streak. They were heading to, headed into a game with Chicago. And I thought that put Buddy in kind of an unfair spot because you look at it and it's like, oh, look at the change. It did the Kings so well. And it's like, ah, oh, come on, man, it's Chicago. Like, that. as soon as I got that alert, it was, okay, let's, let's see where they go with this. Because I had expected the Kings to win that game anyways. And I know that's a dangerous thing thing to do to expect the Kings to win any game here at this point but I did expect them to beat Chicago the Minnesota game I mean I, I again I'm I didn't see it I know what happened I know what Buddy did 
I know what the Kings did. I know what De'Aaron did. Uh, okay, I, I think there's going to be a, 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 a wave of emotion over the course of the next couple of days. I think tomorrow's game between the the Blazers and the Lakers is going to be incredibly emotional. And honestly, I, I, I know that the Kings did a lot of great things uh, for Kobe uh, last night at the, or, or whenever you listen to this, I got to get out of the habit of doing that. Sorry. I know the Kings did a lot of great things for, for Kobe uh, at the, the Thunder game at the Golden One Center. I got to imagine they have something special planned for, for Saturday as well. And I don't know about you, man, but every time I see these tribute videos, they get me. Like I, I, I saw a new one today. You know, Boston played at home. And, you know, they had a tribute video. They've got, you know, the Celtics and the Lakers are coming up in prime time later on in February from the Staples Center, you know. So it's, it's you know, Kobe's going to be looking down on this this season, the rest of the year. You know, there, there's going to be a presence of Kobe Bryant in, in, in what, you know, I mean, I think probably all the way through the finals, you know, everything, everything we experience now in, in terms of the NBA moving forward, there's, there's going to be a lot of first involved. Uh, I think I mentioned this. I, I've really lost track of what was said on that podcast last Saturday or last Sunday, but you know, it's going to be the first all-star game. Like they're trying to find ways to honor Kobe in the all-star game. You know, they made an adjustment to the format. It's going to be the first playoffs. It's going to be the first NBA finals. Uh, you know, it's going to be the first time that the Lakers are here, and it's only the second game that the Lakers have played, uh, or it will be the second game that the Lakers play uh, since the passing of Kobe Bryant. And you forget, you know, their general manager was Rob Pal- Rob Palenka. You know, he was Kobe's agent for twenty years. That's a, it, it. It it's he's he's going to be hovering over this season for for quite a while, and you know, I I'm sure the emotion to a certain degree is going to wear off, but. You know, for guys like Buddy Heald, I, I I think it's difficult to really judge what this move has meant. I don't know. I don't think it was a change for change's sake, but I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Buddy still played quite a bit of minutes tonight, uh, and I'll be the first to criticize Buddy on some of his... some of his choices. His basketball IQ, if you will. I mean, he, he he played 26 minutes. He didn't really need to play more than that. That That's not really a role. A, 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 oh, he didn't play 30 minutes. No, they were up by 20 the whole freaking game. He didn't have to. Uh, but it, it's resulted in the Kings winning a couple of games, and uh, we'll get back to this and Marvin Bagley's injury. But first, here's Luke Walton. Uh, you know, we made a lot of shots, which we, we have to get to the point where – nights we're not making shots we still play with that same defensive intensity and you know it's it's one of those things right now where that's not a consistent part of who we are but it was great to see those shots go in uh from multiple players tonight the ball was moving uh defensively i thought um we played a really nice game as far as just being active high hands deflections and i, I thought De'Aaron did a really nice job of coming out and setting a tone for uh, for the team for how we were going to play for the for the night. You mentioned De'Aaron getting a career high 34 on Patrick Beverly is not an easy thing to do. What did you see in terms of his offensive game? Well, I, I, offensively and defensively, I thought that he um, he was you know he was really locked in, and I think for young players, one of the you know the the challenges. Um, that you have to master in this league is is the consistency and the ability to do uh, 
uh, you know, to be great every night. And I thought tonight, for whatever reason, when that game started, he was he was locked and loaded on both ends. You know, like I said, the deflections we were getting on one side, the communication, the rebounds, the help side defense. Um, and then, you know, he made some shots, and I think for him that, you know, probably put him in a little bit of more of a comfort zone. But there was definitely times throughout that game where you would, you know, expect a team as good as the Clippers to make their run. And, uh, you know, De'Aaron kind of just kept and not just De'Aaron. We had a lot of guys make plays for us tonight, but he, uh, you know, he, he took over the game at different segments uh, throughout the night. I know it doesn't always matter because, you know, who's on the court at the end is what matters, but this is the fourth time that, that Bogey's been in that starting lineup and Buddy coming off the bench, and both of them seem like they've really adjusted to it. Is that something that you plan on sticking with for the foreseeable future? Yeah, um, and it's, you know, it's... Not permanent, but right now, it look, I agree with you, it looks good. Um, both of them look good in those roles right now. And, you know, for us, it's it's more important that, you know, we always have one of them on the floor because of the, the their ability to stretch the floor and the, their ability to, you know, to, to just flat out shoot the ball and get hot at any moment. So uh, whether one who starts, who fin finishes, that'll kind of go, uh, you know, come and go with how they're playing. Um, but they've both been uh, really good since we've made that switch. Luke, last night you talked about how you guys were kind of pushed around and bullied a yeah. little bit. Uh, did you have a conversation specifically with De'Aaron about being more physical, about taking on more of a leadership role and, and pushing it like that? No, I mean, De'Aaron and I have talked, but nothing specific about that. It's, uh, you know, these are things that we, we talk about uh, throughout the season you know you know what it what it uh what it takes that the challenges of being uh you know the leader the head of the snake the guy that kind of sets the tone for us um but there wasn't this uh moment between last night and tonight that we had uh he's he's a very intelligent player he sees the game uh, in a way that uh, not everybody does. And that's one of the reasons I'm really excited about the future of, of where this team's going to go in, in his future individually because when you have the, 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 the skills he has and the mind he has, it's, you know, the, uh, a lot of, a lot of good opportunity can come from that. You had a franchise record, 21 made threes tonight, and it was just one of those nights where the ball went in? Yeah, but to me, that's always it, everything in the game. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of plays off of, plays off of each other as far as the if we're active defensively, and, and we're making unselfish plays offensively, those shots go in. If you get those same shots, but you're not giving effort on defense and you're not making that extra pass, you know those. You know, I don't think we hit 21 threes tonight. So yeah, it was a good night, guys. We had multiple guys feeling good, and now that's part of the reason why defensively we were playing well too. Uh, but it's all intertwined, in my opinion. So when you give that type of effort, uh, to me, that's when you notice nights of, of having big shooting nights as well. Outside. Film to watch uh, here tonight, though. But Luke Walton's press conference is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Make your predictions a reality. My bookie is one of the most trusted sports books in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets on the big game coming up this weekend, my bookie is where you want to go. If you're only into the NBA, that's okay. My bookie has got you covered. If you're into the Premier League, you can bet on the Premier League. You can bet on just about anything over at mybookie.ag. They've got the fastest payouts, best promotions. 
and a very helpful 24-7 customer team. You can even pull your bets together for a bigger payout. Uh, and if you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. That means if you deposit $100, you'll get $50 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use the promo code today. That's right. The promo code has changed. Today is the promo code. That'll activate your offer. Again, use the promo code today to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. Uh, not really anything newsworthy coming out of uh, Luke Walton's press conference. I guess he only watches tape and, and losses. Uh, but I did notice this, and I, I I just wonder. You know, he he was quick to point out that almost in an unsolicited way, he 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 was happy to point out that the move of Buddy Heald to the bench isn't permanent. And that you know, I, I you know, he 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 tries to cover his tracks a little bit by saying, well, it depends on how he how they play and you know who starts and who finishes will depend on the flow of the game and all of that. But it it feels like he's trying to coddle Buddy a little bit, and and maybe that's something that we've just learned this season is Buddy is exceptionally sensitive, and maybe this is just his way of saying, oh. You know, don't worry. You got a chance to earn your way back into the starting lineup. But right now, there's no reason for him to 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 proclaim. You know, anything is temporary. Now, there's also no reason for him to proclaim anything is permanent. Like you've got to make adjustments. That's part of being a coach. Moving Buddy Heel to the bench was an adjustment that Luke Walton had to make. Uh, but I thought it was interesting because I think it's the second or third time. I think it's the second time that I've heard him point out that this move isn't permanent. And it's like, okay, well. But he seems to have played pretty well, right, since moving to the bench. Okay, what well, gets him back in the starting lineup? I don't think that's a question Luke Walton is ready to answer because I don't think it's a question that Luke Walton actually has the answer to yet. Um, I'd like to know more about their reason for moving Buddy Heald to the to the bench and not, not in the sense of, well, I don't agree with it and I want him to explain it to me. More in the sense of, I would just like to know the specific reason because I can think of a couple. Uh, and... His shooting hasn't been particularly well. We've talked about some of his decision-making. Obviously, defensively, uh, he's been a massive problem. I just, like, what was was the catalyst? What, what did you see on film during that six-game losing streak that made you think, okay, this is the change that we need to go with? Um, another change that the Sacramento Kings are going with, I guess it's a change. I don't know what the hell it is, to be honest with you. Uh, Marvin Bagley is out for the foreseeable future. He's being reevaluated. Again, in three weeks. Man, what did I miss? Like, he he came back. He was playing. He came out, and then he was in a boot. Then he was missing a game because of soreness. And now, all of a sudden, he gone. Yeah. Who are we blaming for this? Because this, you know, sometimes it's difficult when a team is... Now, what did I say? Make sure I get it right this time. 18 and 30. It's tough. Like, who who do you blame for a team being 18 and 30? Like, there's a there's a lot of things wrong with the Sacramento Kings uh, for them to be underachieving as, as much as they are this year. But who do you blame for for these injuries and and perhaps who do you blame for these um 
lack of rehab. I don't know what you call this, but this stinks. Like, and I don't mean like, oh, shucks, this stinks. I mean like, oh, this stinks to high heaven. Like something's wrong with it. Like what is going on? What's going on with Marvin Bagley? What's going on with Rashawn Holmes? Why can't we get definitive, you know, statements on how they're doing, why they're hurt, and why they're not playing? Like Marvin Bagley has a foot sprain. When did he get it? Is this the same the same foot sprain that he had? Was he not healed? Did y'all rush him back? Did he rush himself back? Was he not properly rehabbed? Like, what is going on here with this team? And then and then and, oh whoa, Rashawn Holmes is close. Oh okay. Like what exactly happened to Rashawn Holmes? I feel I feel like I heard he had a shoulder injury. Did I miss it? Like he obviously didn't tear something. Although you can you can tear something and risk playing through it. I don't, I don't I don't think he tore anything. I don't think that was ever announced. It just he just hurt his shoulder. Okay. Well, they know enough to make a definitive statement or or, or at least a statement strong enough to say, well, we don't. He's going to be reevaluated in such and such amount of weeks. Well, why did you pick that number? Like, well, what's going on with these guys? What's going on behind the scenes of the Sacramento Kings? Like, this just feels like a this just this feels like some stupidity that they haven't had to deal with before that they shouldn't have to be dealing with now. And maybe stupidity is the harsh word. Maybe that's not the right word. This just feels off. Feels off. Feels weird. Uh, I don't understand it. Uh, but Marvin Bagley is going to be reevaluated in three weeks. And man, this is tough. This is tough for Kings fans for a lot of reasons. Because, you, you know, you had to deal with last year. You had to deal with the emergence of Luka Doncic. And you had to watch Luka Doncic go out and get the get the uh, the the rookie of the year. All while, you know, sitting on your hands going, Dave Yeager doesn't play rookies. Marvin Bagley's coming off the bench. Marvin Bagley should have been starting in the middle of last season. But he didn't. And you just had to sit through that like, oh, he's just getting, but he's going to be a beast. And we all believe that he's going to be a beast. And now you got to sit through a Luka Doncic all-star campaign and him probably finishing, you know, how the way the league is. Like they kind of assign where the MVP, you know, favorites are pretty early in the season. And and I think we're talking Giannis, we're talking LeBron, and we're talking Luka. If I'm missing someone, I apologize to that someone, but I don't think I am. I think that's how who we're looking at right now. Giannis, LeBron, and Luka. And while we were waiting for Marvin Bagley to become that beast, like he's injured. And he's been injured a lot this year. He has missed a lot of time this season. He's missed a lot of time in his NBA career. And that's difficult. And... For Kings fans who don't walk around with their head inserted up their ass, they know that this sucks because last year was a two-person draft. And it didn't become a three-person draft until the Kings landed at the two spot. It was Aiton and it was Luka. It was Aiton and it was Luka. Everything else is going to fall into place, but it was Aiton and it was Luka. And then suddenly the Sacramento Kings finished number two and suddenly it became, wow, you know, this Marvin Bagley kid. Well, I guess we're going to have to wait it out, a, you know, another year to see what Marvin Bagley can produce there after being drafted number two by the Sacramento Kings. And it's going to be a while. I guess it's going to be another three weeks before. And remember, he's not back in three weeks. He's reevaluated in three weeks. Like, he could be out another month and some change here. Of course, the All-Star break uh, is mixed in there as well. Um, Rashawn Holmes should be returning, at, at least as uh, to what I read from James Ham. 
uh, earlier today. So his 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 return to the court should be coming up here uh, pretty soon. I don't know exactly what that means. I know the Sacramento Kings will take on the Los Angeles Lakers at the Golden One Center. Uh, that's a Saturday night game as normal. We won't do a show uh, following that game. And quite honestly, I think that's one I'm going to have to be at uh, in person. Uh, so I thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much. Uh, for allowing Hoopball, the Hoopball Podcast Network, and thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your Sacramento Kings coverage. If you are not a subscriber yet, please become one. Uh, if you haven't left a rating yet, please do that. If you want to leave a uh, sentence or two review, you could do that. Usually it only takes about 60 to 90 seconds. That stuff is pretty important over there on Apple Podcast. Uh, if you're available anywhere that allows you to leave ratings, go ahead and do that. It's a big, big help to us. It's the easiest way to support the show uh, and if you're a gambler go to myboogie.ag that's another great way to support the show and use the promo code today to get uh well get free money you get free money to play with that's pretty much how it works uh thank you so much for tuning in y'all be well this weekend we'll be back soon here on the sacramento kings podcast presented by hoopball and the hoopball podcast network